Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast. We watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Bob. How you, how you doing, bud? Uh, you know, right before this, I I was okay. And then, and now, uh, we're here. I, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's God. fair enough. No, this has been a long week, and I've had a long, like, two days, so it's just a lot to record this podcast again today it's like i i told you this but off the you know i had stuff to do yesterday i went to two different parties yesterday but on different directions so i drove 30 minutes north and then i drove 50 minutes south on the way back to go to a different party i just need to stop going out i hated it maybe just don't go to parties yeah but people invite me and i feel obligated to attend well even though i have a good time usually and it's like fun. I'm just like exhausted now. I mean, that's completely. And fair. now I have this responsibility, so it's like, oh my god. You still got more rest than I did before this recording session. That's true. That's fair. Uh, on that note, do you have any news? I mean, we could talk about it. We just you just showed me the Five Nights at Freddy's trailer. Yeah, the I second was gonna one. bring that up. Yeah, we could talk about that. Did you watch the teaser trailer at all? Mm-mm. I think that was the first one. So. They just released like a second official trailer for that movie, and we're talking about it here because I know it's a big deal for a lot of people. It doesn't look good. No, it does not look good. They actually show the costumes, I guess, mm-hmm. in this trailer. And straight off the bat, I want to say the costumes look really, really good. Like the animatronic guys, mm-hmm. they look really, really nice, and they look weirdly like the game. Yeah, which I didn't know they were going to be able to capture, to be honest. I thought yeah. that was going to be difficult. It's something about, like, the gloss of the animatronics. Yeah, it almost looks, like, cel-shaded, kind of. Yeah. They they look really good, is what I want to say. And I can tell just looking at them, they got some really nice animatronics in them for when they need it and aren't using CGI. However, in this movie, they look stupid. Yeah. Like, they... I think I talked about this the last time we talked about the movie, but I, I thought there was always going to be kind of a little bit of a, a gap between the idea and the medium, mm-hmm. and you can really, really see it in that trailer. They look goofy as fuck when they're walking around and shit. Because they just, they don't, I think, work in this real-life setting no. in the same way they'd work in a video game because you can't, like, separate yourself from yeah. the, the goofiness of it. You can't suspend your disbelief enough. They look too ridiculous. Yeah, and that that's also a thing. Because they look like the video game, they look even more goofy mm-hmm. than, say, a standard... Chuck E. Cheese animatronic, which, I mean, let's be honest, that's base. That's what they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's the basis. And, like, those have a little bit more realism to them than these ones. Because mm-hmm. those look like, you know, cheap, uh, I don't know, fur and plastic and shit. Yeah. But these ones, they look really, really good, and they look like the video game, but it gives them more of a uncanniness in real mm-hmm. life. No, yeah, there was a moment in the trailer where one of them, like, attacks somebody, and I went, that is preposterous. Yeah. Like, I want that to be good. I want that movie to be good, not only because, like, people are really fans of it, and it's, like, a really popular IP when it comes to video games and stuff, but because it would be a cool movie to be well-made, and I think it's an interesting premise, but it doesn't look like... It looks like they're going too hard in trying to make it look like the game, and when they could have just made it scary. Yeah, but, I mean, I think it's a problem with the idea. They've, they've at this point made a couple different movies that are essentially Five Nights at Freddy's because this movie has taken so long to come out. Yeah. The big one's Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, I've heard that movie's okay. It's got a cage, though. It's okay. 
It's not my favorite Nick Cage movie. I know. But point being is like, we've seen the concept tested a bunch of times, and every time it's kind of sort of not really worked very well. So I, I think there's just an issue with the concept. But I, I do think you're right where I would like to see some horror movie that's like an adaptation of a video game actually work out really well. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be this one. But on the bright side, I do think it's going to make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. So it's going to open to the like the field to more of that. I think. Yeah, and there, my thing is like there are tons of really, 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 really good horror games that oh, they yeah. could adapt into films. Like, look, I love Outlast. I'm a scared little bitch. I've played Outlast multiple times. That game is so good. If they could do an adaptation of that, that's a TV show or like some sort of media. I would love that. Yeah. I mean, we kind of saw it. People love The Last of Us, and that's technically a horror game. Yeah. More horror survival, but like... It's a little different, and also that wasn't a movie, you know? Yeah, it was like long-form TV. That That's a little bit easier to mm-hmm. do than a movie, but it'll be interesting to see going forward. I think it'd be interesting to see. There's some really nice video adaptations, like video game adaptations of like movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think the the biggest one that comes to mind for me is... Uh, the Alien video game. Mm, oh my god. I'll never touch it. But, I mean, technically, you could probably adapt that back into a movie. That's pretty, pretty funny. Good. I mean, there's also, like, all those survival horror games, like the Friday game and the new Texas Chainsaw game that just came out. Yeah. My, uh, it's been doing good. My friend like, Cotton content. really likes the Texas Chainsaw game. He said it's really fun. Like, really, re- it's he said it's like, basically, they polished the Friday game. That's what it looks like. It made it Leatherface instead of Jason, and he said it's really, really good. He's having a really good time playing it. I think part of it, that one's kind of cool because it brings something new to like that genre mm-hmm. of Dead by Daylight style video games. Yeah, and that you can play as multiple killers instead of one, so it's a team of killers versus a mm-hmm. team of survivors. Yeah, which is in some ways a lot more horrible mm-hmm. for the players who play survivors. Yeah, but I think it's probably a lot more fun if you play as the killer with your friends. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if you got a bunch of people together, I'm sure that game's fucking fantastic to play. We'll see how it does, like, long-term. Long-term, though. Yeah, that's my worry, is because, like, there was so much hype when the Friday game came out, and people played it for about two months, and then it fell off the face of the earth and then got shut down. That was because of support reasons. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm hoping that it stays, like, going, because I'm very interested. But I, I, I do think the other issue is just, like, long-term players. Mm-hmm. Because it's just hard to get that. Yeah, I mean, the only reason Dead by Daylight does so well is because they introduce ridiculous, insane killers like, they just recently released the Xenomorph. You can play a Xenomorph in yeah. Dead by Daylight. On the alien, like, map. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Like, it's so cool. Nick Cage is one of the survivors. If you want. That's also If, if you want. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm surprised Dead by Daylight's still going. Because, like, it's fun. It's cool. But, like, there's a bunch of games in that same genre. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they usually don't last very long. Yeah. Like, for major player bases. And that one has a major player base still. And I think they, it has a major player base because it has, it has so much good support. I think it gets not it's not necessarily great support, but I think it the people who are in charge of that game know how to keep public interest on it mm-hmm. by doing stupid things like a Nick Cage skin for your survivor. Yeah, but it, no, it's like a whole character with like skills and everything. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. Another one I really want to play. Again, we're we're way off topic now. Oh yeah, well, we, I like to get these in at the start of the podcast. Sometimes they have the Evil Dead video game. Never played it. Well, you can't play it yet. Until oh, you wait. watch the movie. Oh no, I was thinking of a different game. Oh. I think of Evil Within. You mm. said Evil Dead, and I went no. 
uh, there's an Evil Dead game for like the oh. Evil Dead franchise. Okay. Which you can't play until you watch the movies. Bye. But it's kind of interesting because it has like you can play by yourself. Hmm. Like you don't have to play. Is it like a single player story game or like a multiplayer no, it's story like, game? I I guess the closest thing would be like a Dead by Daylight kind of game. Hmm. It's kind of cool. But you can play with like a full AI game, so you're by yourself. You could just be. I assume you can play as Ash, and you just got a bunch of deadites chasing you. You can play as different people. That's cool. That's actually really cool. You can also play as the deadites in that game. Which oh, is pretty rad. That is pretty rad. I don't know much about yeah. deadites other than what we discussed on that's come out. Jason goes to hell because the Necronomicon is in that movie. I love deadites. Yeah, they're so scary. <laughs> um. <laughs> With that being said, I it apparently has a bunch of content from both the movies and the TV show, which is kind of nice. Oh, I didn't know they made a show. Mm-hmm. Got three seasons. It's pretty cool. It's it's pretty cool. Bruce Campbell came back for it, too. Like, he's the main character of the TV show. Oh, whoa, that's actually really cool. It's Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh. That's the name of the TV show. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, On that huge note, I think the only thing we have to mention last but not least is... uh. Eli Roth is doing a new movie? Oh my god, I don't want to watch it. It's called Thanksgiving. Did that trailer come out? I sent you a link. Mm-hmm. to. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah. Oh god, I don't want to. You didn't to. send me the link to the trailer, I just found the trailer. No, 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 I sent you a link to them ta- people talking about the trailer coming out. Oh. No, I just saw the poster for Thanksgiving, and I was like, oh, that's cool, and then a couple days later I, yeah, I watched the trailer. that's what it was, was a post with the trailer. I don't know. It it looks decent enough. I mean, it's Eli Roth. It's Eli Roth. That's what scares me. Bob hasn't seen any Eli Roth. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think you've watched any of him. Do you do you know what movies he does? Yeah. What does he do, Bob? Actually, I think you have. No, have you I seen, th- have you I seen thought th- I saw Hostel. Oh, you haven't seen Hostel. I don't think I've seen Hostel. Oh, okay, well, he does Hostel. Uh, he does Green Inferno. Yeah. Cabin Fever. Basically, lots of. I'm just gonna say gross. Yep. that's the way to put it as i would say like gross disgusting films and i i think that really does come from he has a very a big love of like kind of exploitation films but especially like italian exploitation films green i think it's green hell right green inferno green inferno jesus christ yeah green inferno is basically his um spiritual successor to cannibal holocaust oh Oh my god what the hell and so like Point being is you don't have to like Eli, Eli Roth's like style and stuff like that, but he does tend to be decently consistent for like putting out good good stuff. movies. Yeah, I mean I've heard good things. Like people who like Eli Roth always like his movies. Yeah, like he's he usually tends to be pretty on tone with all this stuff. So it'll it'll be good going forward. I think it's... I think it'll be fun, and especially because it's a slasher, which I don't think he really does. Oh, like I actually it, didn't know that it, it was a slasher. It looks like a slasher. Like, it looks like it's a guy dressed as a pilgrim killing people. That's kind of awesome. You know, I just thought about that. November's coming up. We have to do a Thanksgiving episode again. And we're not watching Blood Rage again. We're not doing that. You so watch Thanksgiving 2. No, shut up. Not the first one. No, that's... <laughs> oh, God. Just the second we one. We could watch the new Eli Roth film for Thanksgiving. Uh, It won't be out for Is us it to watch. not out? It's not out yet. Well, no, 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 I know. But, like, won't it be out by the time Thanksgiving comes around? But not on, like, Blu-ray mm. or Buy On Demand. Well, it might be available on Buy On Demand, but it'll be, like, $30. Well. Yeah. I was just making a suggestion because, like, we need a movie for that. Maybe next year, but this year, I don't know. Okay. I just w- thought I'd put it out there. Thanksgiving 2. No, Baby. I don't want to watch Thanksgiving 2. <laughs> I don't either. 
Then why are you suggesting it? Because <laughs> I know it causes you pain. I will, I'll watch Thanks Killing. I actually like that movie. <laughs> it's not good. Like, that movie's awful, but that it's wa- fun. One of the characters reminds me of Bob. <laughs> Bob got angry when I said that because he knows That's offensive. One. That's so offensive, bro. <laughs> okay, last thing. And I wanted to mention this a minute ago before we got on this Eli Roth tangent. Uh, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> I just thought this should come up on the podcast. Jesus Christ. If you're not playing Baldur's Gate, what are you doing? That game is so fucking good. Not being a nerd. I maybe have put 10... I'm really late to the party, TBH. I bought it, like, really late because yeah, I didn't think really I was going to... I didn't think I was going to play it. But then all my friends were playing it and telling me about it. And I went, that sounds really fun. Man, it's worth the hype. That game is so good. I'm just, like, shilling Baldur's Gate right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's supposed to be well done, right? Which is, I think, a big benefit of it. But I will say, it's a game especially made for people who are fans of D&D. Yeah. So, like, if you're not familiar with D&D, you're not going to have as fun of a time. See, that's what I thought. But a couple of my friends are playing it who don't know anything about D&D, and they're still having an amazing time. That's what I said. No, so it's legitimately a good game. However, you might not have as good of a time as Bob's making it sound right now. That's fair. Because Bob is just a big D&D fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We did just finish up, like, a four-year-long campaign that ran for 72 sessions. Bob's a nerd. Yeah, so, like, it, being a fan of D&D helps, but if you're just a fan of RPGs in general, this is one of the best, like, RPG games I've played ever. So good. Such a fun time. I'm having a blast playing it. Just thought I'd put that out there that it's really, really good. I told Ben he should buy it so we can play multiplayer together because it's so it's fun. It's so expensive, though. It's like 60. It's a normal game. It's like 60 bucks. Yeah, it's so expensive. Oh, my God. I've been playing a lot of modded Factorio. Oh that's, my god, that's my go-to. We need to, I, we I need to play more Factorio. I love Factorio, but I've been playing Factorio Space, which I've told you is like the couple hundred hour add-on to Factorio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing slow, it's so long. But I bring it up here because this is completely non-horror related. But since we're completely off tangent now, um, <laughs> that game got completed like. I want to say last year or the year beforehand, it was in, like, you know how games are nowadays where they're never out of production. Yeah. But it it, it finally completed, like, a, a year ago, two years ago, something like that, which was super cool and super exciting. But they announced that they were going to do, like, expansions to it. Yo, that's to, like, cool. keep releasing stuff because they'd polish the base game to, like, completion. And the first one that they're releasing is Factorio Space Age, which is the space mod, the mod I'm playing right now. It's one of the most well-known mods because it is so well done. Mm -hmm. So they're doing their first expansion, which is going to be like a more user-friendly version of this mod. Oh, hell yeah. So it's going to add like probably at least 100 hours worth of content because you can go into space and build spaceships and go to different planets and all that. But what's so cool about that, and I I do love when companies do this, is they hired the mod creator to like work on that expansion. Oh, that's so nice. That is one of the nicest things about like Indie doing stuff. doing long term modding for like a game like that, and then the creator goes, "Yeah, you're doing really good work. You want to come work for us?" Yeah, so nice, such a cool thing. Always super cool to see stuff like that. It's really only in the indie scene, though. Yeah, it's really hard to get stuff like that for like bigger bigger games. The one that comes to like the top of my head for a similar thing that ha- happened is Isaac. Yeah, did that with mm-hmm. the Binding of Isaac Rebirth. If anyone doesn't know, yeah. Their last expansion. Repentance? Repentance? Yeah, I think that, yeah. I think that's the one. It was a mod for a really Mm -hmm. long time. It it was a really popular mod. And they basically 
did the mod as actual content. Yeah, and it's like it's crazy. It's <laughs> I've gotten back into Isaac too. My time has basically been Isaac Baldur's Gate in the podcast. But you can shame Bob for that. If you guys want to go on the Twitter, oh my god, the board, and give Bob shit because he plays uh, video games on his PS4, which is completely fine. But he plays things that I know he's gonna play for years on his PS4, and the, the he'll PS4 then have to keep dying. his PS4, and his PS4 is a piece of shit. It's so we we watch Blu-rays on it. You can hear the fan going at all times. It's a release PlayStation 4. I bought it day of release when it came out. So when was that? Like 2013? I don't know. Long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and it is not... It's survived. Barely. I've had it cleaned multiple times. Doesn't help. I just need to buy a PS5 on God. It sounds like you turn on the hand dryer in a public restroom. <laughs> it's bad. Okay. I can't imagine what it sounds like in the new room. If we sound echoey still or weird, I put up some foam, but it's well, not a it's lot. It's not going to help, Bob. You put up maybe a two-foot square of foam. No, nah, it's it's more – I'd say those are about a foot wide, so that's not even a two-foot square. Or no, that, no, it's a it's a little bigger than it's a two-foot square. It's a three-by-two. Yeah. I, ha- I just don't have enough foam yet. Like, I have enough foam. <laughs> It's the tiniest corner of foam in your life. Yeah, I gotta put a foam already. Well, I started <laughs> on the process. True, barely counts. Well, no, I mean it helps. It actually does. I mean, like it really does. I can hear the difference. I can't. Oh uh, well, okay. But I'm sure there's still smack up because I've been watching the waveform and I can I can visually see every time you talk on mine. Yeah. Anyways, you just ready to actually Yeah, we should episode. do the podcast now. We should actually like do the horror part of the podcast. The podcast part of the podcast. That isn't just us talking about stuff we could talk about off the podcast. Um <laughs> Now, Bob, yep. I kind of know what you're going to pick today, right? Mm. Just because you're very predictable and it's obviously going to be camp movies. Oh, I thought you were being serious for a second. So you could finish up that category. No, I was going to say, Ben and I had a very long discussion before the podcast. Not very long. It was you know, 10 minutes. That's long for me. I have a very short attention span. And it helped that Bob wasn't set up, so we spent 40 minutes setting up. Yeah. Well, I woke up late because mm-hmm. I, I, I was very tired from two parties yesterday. But we're down to one spot in space movies. Yep. One spot in camp movies and yep. two spots in Meta Slashers. And Ben was like, well, how do you want – which one are you picking today? And I don't really – Want to watch another camp movie? Bob has just not wanted to watch this all season. Because, for fuck's sake, Benjamin, how many Friday films have we watched? Eleven. We haven't watched the twelfth one yet. Yeah, I know. Spoilers. It's pretty bad. Yeah, we not haven't. Not the movie, just having not watched And it. we need to have done that. We were supposed to do that last week, but I forgot one day and was like, hold on, I have to edit an episode of the podcast after work. I don't have time for this right now. Probably not going to do it this week either. No, we probably should do it this week. Uh, we're probably not going to do it this week. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, we'll figure it out. Permanent and Beyond next week. Are you going? I got tickets. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, they didn't pay for them. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know what? That's actually more fair. I thought See? you bought tickets, no. and I was like, oh, they're expensive. Yeah, no. What was I saying? Anyway, I don't want to watch camp movies. I'm over it. Okay, I, I just I but don't. Maybe the last spot's really good. <laughs> like Piranha was fun. I had a good time, and I don't hate Madman. I thought it was a cool movie. Actually, I was when I was looking for the poster for that. I looked at reviews online. People actually really love that movie. No, it's a it's a cult classic. It's a cult People classic. Love it. People love it. It's okay. In fact, I think most of the reason it didn't do great is it came out late. 
Yeah. Because of that whole, like, delay issue Mm -hmm. with having to change the name and all that stuff and then rewrite the script. And so it came out after the market was oversaturated. No, yeah. So it's not that the movies in the category have been bad. It's that I just am tired of the premise. So maybe we could just wipe it out. No. Wipe the wipe the wipe the slate clean. I want to have a good day today. Yeah, and so maybe you'll have a good day with the last camp movie. Shut up. And I don't want to kill space just yet because I kind of want to save that for the last episode. That's fair. Because I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there's a specific movie on there. And if there's not, I'm going to be so Spaceballs. I actually I have a copy of Spaceballs right there. <laughs> that movie's fantastic. I love that movie so much. We should watch Spaceballs for the podcast. Anyway, we definitely can't. We definitely can't. It's not. It's very funny. <laughs> it's but not it's not very scary. scary. Unless you're afraid of pizza, and that's Dude, very scary. For anyone who doesn't know, it has a joke about uh, Jabba the Hut. Yeah, Pizza it's the Hut. Pizza the Hut. And to make the Pizza the Hut special effect, they covered a guy in molten cheese, <laughs> and he got like third degree burns all over his oh body. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Because there were some issues when they did it. Oh my God. But he, he did the scene while burning. Fuck that. That movie's incredibly funny. Anyway, so. I'm going to pick Meta Slashers. Shocking. You're saying shocking, but I told you before the podcast that's what I was going to pick. I knew what you were going to pick before I even came over today. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. Bob, you're very predictable. You're very predictable. I feel like I'm trying so hard to not be predictable. No, you're so predictable. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I am, but who fucking cares? Because you're going to do this, and then you're going to do, I'm guessing, camp movies next week. And then the the week after, you're going to do probably another meta slasher and then end on space. Maybe I will. Maybe <laughs> I won't. <laughs> and if you don't, I'm going to blame it on pure spite and not that I predicted wrong. Mm, see, now you're just covering your tracks <laughs> with that one. Yeah. So I'm going to pick meta slashers. What yeah. do I have left in that category? I actually don't know. Uh, you have spots one and two. One and two. There's a spe- I don't want to watch Scream. Purely out of spite for Hunter. And I hope we get Scream so he hears this, because I know he'll listen to this episode. What if there's no Scream on the board? That would be insane. And you just trolled (laughs) Hunter so hard, because he's so angry about it. What's in spot number one, Ben? In spot number one? Yeah. Today we are going to be watching Urban Legend. Oh, shit! Didn't I mention that on I Know What You Did Last Summer? Yeah. That's awesome. We'll also be watching Urban Legend's Final Cut. Oh. The sequel to Urban Legends. Okay, cool. What is with the doubles this season? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Maybe we you... didn't have to address that fact. <laughs> you put them on the board. <laughs> you built it. Why did you? I'm just curious. Like, is there a reason? I don't know. Okay. I just built it, and you came, so here we are. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny, but I was taking a drink of coffee and almost spit all over the mic. Okay, Ben. Right. I know what this movie's about, and I'm excited. What's it about, Bob? Urban Legends. Yeah. Yep. Cool deal. I, it's it's almost like it's in the title. Um, but this movie came out in 1998, so it's... Around right, the same period. Right after Scream. Same period as uh, what you did last summer. Because, you know, again, kind of a Scream ripoff. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, I say rip off, but it, it's... This is fairly different from what I know. Yes, but it's in that same genre, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, again, we're, we're calling this category meta slasher, but it's really what I'm using to refer to this short period of time where slasher movies had, like, a big resurgence, and they were 
all sub- trying to be like geared towards teens and metatextual and like stuff like that. And so, long story short, this film just like I know what you did last summer is trying to catch on to the scream wave. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's very similar tonally, uh, even if the concepts pretty different you know cool description what's your favorite urban legend bob Ooh, that's a good question that's that's gonna be our description there. i think my my favorite classic urban legend alligator in the sewer i think that's an urban legend right that's a thing i believe that does technically count i right? love the idea that there are just big old gators down there sewer gator yeah sewer gator i mean depending on like what type of sewer system you have that is technically possible. Yeah. Because if you have one of the ones that, like, dumps into actual, like, water, Mm -hmm. they can swim back up it. I don't know why they would. I don't know why they would either. They could. All right. Alligators in the sewer. Sewer gators. I thought you were going to say hook hand to man. Nope. Because I've already seen that on this podcast. No, it's fine. All right. Length, it's an hour and 39 minutes long. Okay. It's rated R. Noise. Review scores. IMDb gave it a 5.6 out of 10. It's not bad. Tomato Meteor gave it a 25%. Lee. Audience score of 37. Okay. Uh, it has one win for awards and two nominations. Uh, notable actors in this film. Ben gave me a look right before we started this Because list. we're starting strong with Jared Leto. <laughs> Whoa, what is he doing in this? What in the world? Uh, it's Paul Gardner. You might know him as Dr. Michael Morbius yep. in Morbius. God <laughs> damn it. Everyone's favorite Joker, right? Oh god. <laughs> in, uh, Suicide Squad. He I think is didn't they actually cut him from the film almost completely? I believe so cuz he's I not in that movie a lot. Not maybe in that movie not at all. He is in that movie just for like 5 minutes. I know he's in the trailer and people were mad about it. <laughs> I don't know if they cut him, but he's he's very much not in that movie. Mhm. Yeah, his his track record for superhero movies is not, not great. Good. I actually don't know if I've seen any Jared Leto film ever. Well, you're going to. I'm about to. Did you never see Suicide Squad? Nope. I heard it was awful. Why would I watch it? I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Alicia Witt as Natalie Simmon. She played Alia and Dune. Rebecca Gayhart as Brenda Bates. Played Julia Freeman in Jawbreaker. Tara Reid as Sasha Thomas. Played Vicky in American Pie. Bob, you haven't seen that, right? No, I haven't seen that. Michael Rosenbaum as Parker Riley. Uh, he played Lex Luthor from Smallville. Uh, I didn't see that. I haven't seen Smallville. On 154 episodes from 2001 to 2017. Did not know that show ran that long. Holy fuck. Yeah, it was supposed to be really good. I heard it was really good, too. I don't. I, I haven't seen Smallville either, right? I heard it, it was good. It came out before my time. Same. You know, 2000. I was not watching Smallville at what? No. Five or six. But it says 2001 to 2017 on, like, IMDb and stuff. Did not know it ran to 2017. I, I'm guessing it didn't. I'm guessing there was, like, a, a last season thing where it skipped a bunch of years. Oh, maybe. I have no idea. I'm not familiar with it, but... I thought... Because I thought it ended, like... Because I think it ended, in like, way sooner than that. Like, 20... Not... 20, 2009 or something? 2008. That's what I was thinking. So, my guess is that's, like, a secondary thing. Mm. Like, maybe a movie or something. Maybe. Because 154 episodes is not enough to stretch 16 years. No. Loretta Devine as Reese Wilson. They played Shaniqua in Crash. Joshua Jackson as Damon Brooks played Pacey Witter from Dawson's Creek. Uh, they were on 128 episodes from 1998 to 2003. Did you ever watch Dawson's Creek? No, I wasn't really into, like, older Yeah, stuff. older, like, what is that, like a 
sitcom kind of. It's not like uh, a sitcom, but it's like a it's family like a drama. Drama. Yeah, never really into that, except for Riverdale. That, well, I was gonna say you watch Riverdale. Yeah. And Dawson's Creek again, not a lie for it, but it was apparently so big. People love that show. Apparently, it's out. really good. I'm not sure how how much it would hold up today. Yeah. Because like, it's a show about teenagers that from like in, the 90s. Yeah. And life for them is very different than life life for, now. Yeah. <laughs> With the internet and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Neville as Dean Adams played Hieronymus Carl Friedrich Baron von Muchensen and the invention uh, the adventures of Baron Muchausen. <laughs> what a what a fucking mouthful. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I I fucked up saying that too. But yeah, it's a uh, Baron Munchausen and Baron Munchausen. Don't know what it is. Natasha Gregson uh, Wagner as Michelle Mancini. Uh, played Cassandra in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Mm, didn't watch the movie. I know. I uh, watched the show. I need to go watch that movie because we've mentioned it a bunch on this podcast. <laughs> we have now. mentioned it a bunch on this podcast. Basically, any movie with like teenagers that came out in the the '90s has had someone from that film. Yep. Stephanie Ann Mills as Felicia. Uh, they played Lindsay and Katie from Total Drama. You know Total Drama, Bob. Like the island? Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> like the franchise, yeah. Holy shit. They played, again, both Lindsay and Katie. I know Lindsay because she was from the first season. They were on uh, 63 episodes from 2007 to 2013. God, that show was not for kids. And it was on Cartoon Network. It was made for kids. It it was not for kids, But, like, ben. not kid kids, but probably, like, early teenagers. They have a not for kids. What do you mean? <laughs> there are some references in that show where I go... That is a fucked up joke, and that what are you that's about? going right over kids' heads. What are you talking about? Uh, there's like, some rather explicit stuff that they get around. Like what? I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you about. serious? Yeah. Uh, the end of the first season, someone like gets completely topless, and there's like censor bars and shit oh, and yeah. everything. And it's just like, I'm like, as yeah. a, like, a 10-year-old, I'm like, what is going on? Oh. No, but there's I... also just like some like, there are lots of jokes that go over kids' heads, but are very adult humor, I guess, sprinkled into the show. I guess, but... That's because that show's based on, like, reality TV show, like, Survivor. Yeah. Supposed to be, like, I don't want to say adult-oriented, but, like, reminiscent of an adult TV show. And it is. And then, finally, we got Julian Richings as Weird Janitor. (laughs) And, to be honest, he's, like, a character actor. Okay. I know you've seen one thing with him in it. Okay. Like, he has just the most recognizable face ever. Like, he's a... particular looking dude okay uh, he's super recognizable and you'll definitely know him if you've seen him before but as i said kind of a character actor so he doesn't do like huge roles mm-hmm. so um probably don't know him by name but kind of two things that maybe most of our audience might know him as he was one of the governors in the witch good movie i haven't seen it not very approachable but i do love that film yeah it's all you like, said that. um it's not middle english but it's in like pretty antiquated english i was gonna it's really cool yeah but yeah he's also in cube i forget which character he is he's in the cold open for that movie cube um, yeah oh god you know what i'm talking about yeah but the one that bob's gonna know him as oh he was also lore m in man of steel i didn't watch man of steel the one bob's gonna know him as is he was death from supernatural oh yeah i do see yep. yeah <laughs> nice well, he's on five episodes from 2010 to 2015 really recognizable dude yeah like, you'll, you'll see him and you go yeah that's there he is found him Anyways, moving on. Directors, uh, Jamie Blanks. He also directed Valentine. It's a Valentine's Day movie. 
Okay. You didn't pick up on that. No. Yeah. I look. Nothing is gonna beat my bloody Valentine for a Valentine's Day movie. I'm sorry. Of like, we haven't seen any other Valentine's Day movie, but I don't know how much better it could get. That's fair. But all I can think about is the. I'm doing a mime. It, you know what I'm talking about. Like that scene is crazy. Yeah, but it's not as crazy in the uncut version. Well, yeah. No, it's not as crazy in the cut version. And I watched the uncut version. The uncut version's so much better. So much better. So much better for that movie. Like, oh my highly recommend God. if you can find it. Yeah. Can you watch the? This is totally aside. Can you watch the Blu-ray with those in it, or do you? Have to That's go what I did. Watch the features. I watched the Blu-ray with those in them. Like it comes with them mm-hmm. cut in. Okay, yep. that's really nice. It's so much better. Writers uh, Sylvia Horta, they also wrote 85 episodes of Ugly Betty between 2006 and 2010. Budgets estimated at $14 million. Damn, that's a good chunk of change. With a box office of $72.5 million. Because these mov- movies just make money. God, they made so much money. That's why everyone was making screen ripoffs. <laughs> God. Uh, this is one of the better ones. I mean, like, I think I know what you did last summer is probably the best. Yeah. And this is probably number two. Mm-hmm. Just going to be honest. The country of origin, United States. Tagline, it happened to someone who knows someone you know. <laughs> You're next. <laughs> okay. Okay. That tagline's incredibly funny. It's pretty good. It, but it's good. And it's yeah. only funny because that's such a, like, early... Like nineties, early two thousands, like to phrase. Someone who knows someone. Yeah, it's like I know somebody who knows somebody who knows some. It's like, oh, it's just funny. It's just good. I don't really have too much to talk about before we get into the movie, but uh, what I will say is this film has been credited by like a bunch of different people, both like cinema and like people who are actually into like folklore stuff, mm-hmm. and urban legends, uh, like scholars, as being one of like the first major films to kind of bring the idea of urban legends into like the public eye Hmm. for cinema that's cool like this is kind of the film that made that really big because you have to remember like at one point in time it was very much a word of mouth thing yeah well that's why the tagline is so funny and but it in the sense that like it wasn't something you saw like in tv a lot no it's not like a popular media thing it's very much like a if you're a part of this like subculture and you know about it you know about it and if you don't you don't because I, I don't think they necessarily had like a definite name to them no they se. were just stories that they you were heard. just like i don't know campfire stories you would tell mm-hmm. and so this movie really helps like put them on the map it's like oh these are some funny stories that we could make a movie out of or something <laughs> some of them are funny look this movie urban legend did it and they made 70 72 million dollars <laughs> we could put that in our tv show yeah and do well um, so I, I I think that's pretty cool, and obviously we've seen like urban legend inspired movies before. Mm-hmm. I Black, mean, yeah, Madman. I was gonna say Black Christmas. Oh well, that too. But none of them are like as explicit about it. No, this is the only one that's like, yeah, this is an urban legend. Like that's the point of the film. Yeah, which is like super meta, and th- I think that's probably the point. But yeah. it's cool. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about is just shooting location. So this is set a lot of it set at a college. Okay. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, I didn't. It's uh, the University of Toronto. What is with the Canada? The Canada tax breaks. Okay. People be. I was about to say lots of movies be shot in Canada, but it's supposed to be set at the fictional Pendleton University. Yeah, no, a lot of stuff shot in Canada because of tax breaks. I'm not sure specifically what it is, but things are really cheap to produce there nowadays. I'm not sure if like 
I say nowadays. I know in the early 2000s and stuff. Yeah. Like, That's why a lot of Supernatural was shot up there. Not a lot of it. I think all of Supernatural I was about to say, all Supernatural there. was shot in Canada, I think. And there's just a lot of stuff that's shot there. We, Tucker and Dale was shot there. Tucker and Dale. about that. My Bloody Valentine shot there, but that's for That's because it's a Canadian reasons. film. <laughs> yeah, just tax break stuff. So, anyways, that's all I got for now. So, we're just going to go watch this movie. Okay. We'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Urban Legend. All right. Can I just start off yep. by saying how just smart and intelligent Bob is? Oh, wow. You are <laughs> the worst human being I've ever met in my life. <laughs> he was totally on top of this movie from the get-go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, All right. you think you're so funny. I do. I you do are... think I'm so funny. We'll talk about that later, but um, Bob... <laughs> Apparently, you think it's so funny, too. I hate you. All right. Bob, what what were your thoughts on this movie? Mixed feelings. Yeah. Kind of lukewarm? It's fine. Besides from your one issue, and we'll get to that issue later. Yeah. It's fine otherwise. Okay. Like, it has... Move this way. It has some cool moments, but there is some stuff in this film that I just could not get over. And that's my only problem. Fair. There's There's a specific thing Bob had a problem with, and to be honest... I think Bob was just being a contrarian, but I do understand why he had an issue with it. It just, I just don't get it. Like, it just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. On that note, though, I'm just going to give a quick rundown, and then we'll start discussing it. Um, as always, you know, spoilers, go watch the movie yourself. But if not, I'm, I'm just going to start. Thing to note about this movie is it's about urban legends, and very specifically, it's not so much about, like, telling you about urban legends so much as it's about getting to watch deaths that are framed around urban legends. Yeah. So, yeah, basically the whole premise here is there's a killer going around. Go figure. It's a slasher movie. And they're using urban legends that were, like, assumedly the more popular ones at the time to commit murders. And the the murders are vaguely framed as these urban legends. Yeah. And that that's really the fun of the movie, honestly. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, uh, we talked about this at the beginning of the episode, it's a quote-unquote meta slasher, which is just mm-hmm. what I'm referring to, like, a Scream rip-off, per se. I don't want to call it a rip-off, because that seems mean, but it's a very Scream-inspired slasher movie. And so, you know, there's all the the basic elements we do see in in Scream, where it's like kind of like a whodunit, and um, like a murder mystery kind of thing. And obviously there's all these meta jokes and stuff, um, but... The, the real fun of the whole movie is that slowly we get to see more and more of these uh, urban legend-inspired killings. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's it. It's it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean, that's the premise of the film. People die one by one in these very over-the-top ways, mm-hmm. and you need to figure out who this murderer is. killer is. And let me be honest, Ben made fun of me because I was like, I know who it is. <laughs> Bob was very confident. We... We only have outtakes that are Bob being very confident. Me going, it's this person. Yes. Turns out, not that person. Bob got tricked hard. Yeah. To be honest, I don't really have much to say about this movie. Because it's kind of meh. I mean, that's how I feel too. And really, 
to be honest, I think the whole movie, like as a whole, is fairly passable mm-hmm. because it delivers on its concept, which is urban legends inspired killings. Mm-hmm. But I think the film overall has one really big issue, and I think you noticed it: characterization. Like all the characters in this movie are just so nothing. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that that doesn't necessarily matter in a slasher movie. No, it doesn't, but because in like a movie like this that's, you know, essentially a who done it for the killer, we focus a lot on the characters. Oh, especially yeah. like the main characters, quote unquote. Um the ones you're supposed to care about. And so for their characterization to be not great, it makes the parts that aren't like the urban legend killings kind of boring. Yeah. No, that's my problem with this film mostly. You just don't care. You just don't give a shit. And obviously, it's always a really good tell for me if I don't care about a character. Is if I don't know their name. <laughs> Not just I don't remember it. I just don't know it. Yeah. And we got to the end of this film and I would turn the bottom and I was like, do you know what the main character's name is? And both of us were just like, I don't know. No clue. Didn't I only know. know it now because they said it in the last 30 seconds yep. about 30 times. Mm-hmm. So... I kind of know it now. It, it's uh, Natalie, by the way. And I, I think she's probably the best example of bad characterization. Mm-hmm. Because not only do I think she was probably the least interesting female character in this movie. I I don't... Like, out of the main cast. I think she was probably the, the least interesting character. Yeah. I mean, because... And here's the other thing. This is the reason I, she's so uninteresting. She doesn't have... She doesn't do anything. No. The other characters are characterized by having hobbies and doing other things and, like, being ingrained in the school itself and doing outside, like, extracurricular stuff. So, like, you kind of get a feel of what type of person they're supposed to be. It's cool. I I mean, that is cool because it feels like a real thing. Yeah. I, I, halfway through the movie, I just pointed at one of the characters. Her name's Sasha. She runs a radio station. Yeah. And I was like, you know what I would have preferred? For her to be our main character. Because she has a thing going on that's semi-interesting that can be, like, used and utilized for the plot. And we get to see actually a good amount of in the movie Mm -hmm. is her doing this radio uh, show. And she also has more characterization as just an actual person. Yeah, and Natalie does nothing. No, she's just generic female college student. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't even act like a college student for most of the movie because she's freaking out. Yeah. But yeah, just not great characterization. And again, since she's very clearly the female lead pretty early on spoilers guys it it makes a lot of her scenes very hard to watch because she's trying to figure out who the killer is and it's like i don't really care i don't give a shit yeah what's happening to you especially because we i think learn as the film goes on she's supposed to have kind of a sympathetic backstory (laughs) there's a moment where i go oh no here comes the tragic backstory but because of her characterization being bad not only do I not care about her sympathetic backstory, I actually watch it and I go, wow, this didn't make me feel sympathetic for you. It made me feel like you're a shitty person. Because she's not she's not characterized as being a good person. We're just supposed to like her because she is the protagonist. Yeah. Which doesn't work. And so, you know, overall, I do think that's probably the, the biggest issue with this film. Yeah. It's just characterization. And I, we, we did focus on Natalie because she is the main character. But basically, every character has this problem. Mm-hmm. In fact, the characters that have the most interesting traits, I think, tend to get the least amount of screen time mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Again, I'm, I mentioned uh, Sasha. 
but she's in this very, very little. She, yeah. Basically and, just like a side character. Uh, there's another character who has very clear characterization, Damon. Yeah. Cool name. Good reference there. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. What's the reference to? Are you going to tell me? No. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> well, Anyways. I, I didn't uh, get it. Damon's a cool, like, he has good characterization. He's like the the prankster who's also like a shithead. Yeah. But again, we don't use his character at all. Nope. And he gets very little use. Rough. Because like, I need characterization in this movie. I need to care about some of these characters. But the ones that you get the closest with giving me that feeling, you didn't give me actual screen time for. Yeah, no. And we didn't mention it. We're on the top of characters. Uh, Robert England's in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can do the famous people in this movie. Yeah. Robert England's in this. Uh, he's... The one I didn't tell Bob that's just straight up in the credits. Yeah, which sucked because I got it spoiled. But uh, he's a uh, Wexler, and he has good characterization. He's cool. Yeah, Wexler is the – he's a professor at this college, mm-hmm. and he teaches – it just seems like an Urban Legends class. Yeah, it's called Folklore, I think is what they call um, it. Which, super rad class. Super cool class to take. Uh, even though that for some reason none of the main cast of characters who for some reason all take this class mm-hmm. from this guy – which is definitely not a required class for a credit or anything. It's no. probably an extracurricular class. Like, um, but they don't seem to like it. I'm like, that's like the. It's such a cool class. It's such a cool class. And Wexler seems like a cool guy. He also, yeah, he seems like a cool professor. Um, but he he's a very interesting character, and that's mostly because Robert England pulls him off well. Mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily because he's written re- very well. But no, but it, it's cool like usage of the professor in a way to like kind of scapegoat the murders because like they're all based off urban legends so a big part of the movie is going it has to be someone in the class or someone tied to it it's a good way to also introduce like the concept into the film Mm -hmm. without feeling like an exposition dump yeah even though he does give us one it just feels natural it does feel really good but you're right that is a, a good example of kind of like another fun character that's like not in this movie a lot. No, he's not, and I wish he was more. And that that might just be because Robert England's kind of expensive. But yeah, like, he's also probably busy. Uh, we we talked about the guy who plays the janitor, and he has like almost no speaking lines. Yeah, but he's pretty fun. He's cool. He also plays a much bigger role in the film than I thought he was going to. Let's see who's some other characters who like are side characters, not even a part of the main cast. There's always Hootie. Hootie's a dog. <laughs> Hootie's the dog. I wish there was some blowfish, but it's just Hootie. Hootie has a nose ring. Let, let me just mention that. It's kind of fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, but there's a bunch of like background characters that aren't even side characters, like Janitor, Dr. Wexler, mm-hmm. that are just kind of interesting in this film. Way more interesting than anyone uh, else. There's a police cop. Oh, yeah, Reese. Reese. Reese is pretty funny. I think she's supposed to be more of a more important character, but she's essentially a side character. Yeah, she doesn't do a lot. But she's interesting. She has some good moments. There's... Oh, I almost forgot the main character's name again. Natalie. There's Natalie's roommate, uh, Tosh. Yeah. Weird name, but goth chick. Yeah. Which is a decent character. Like, a more interesting character than any of her friends. Oh, yeah, because it's not just generic <laughs> college kid. Yeah. Uh, who's another interesting one? There's a gas station attendant in the cold oh, open. Oh, that guy, look. Who is great. He's fantastic. We'll talk about the cold open in a minute. But, yeah, there's just a, a bunch of characters who are super cool. That just aren't in this movie because we yeah. can't focus on them. So, again, characterization. Big issue with this film. The char- My problem is the characters just feel too generic. Yeah. Like, they're just so... Except for maybe Paul. It's too generic slasher. That's my problem. With a cool spin that cool doesn't spin. spin hard enough. Yeah. On that note, though, you, we mentioned Robert England is 
in this movie as kind of like a famous person I didn't mention in the cast list. Mm-hmm. Did you catch anyone else who's famous and in this movie? Was I supposed to? Should I have? Yes, you should have. You 100% should have, Bob. And you're going to be really mad at yourself. You say that every time. No, you're actually going to be really mad at yourself. Um, first, I'll tell you the first one, which okay. I don't think you were going to get. But we okay. have seen him before. Oh, have we? And I know for a fact we've seen him, and I've gone, this is this person because he's really famous. Okay. Brad Dwarf's in this movie. Do you remember who Oh, that name's really Brad familiar. Dwarf's he's Chucky. Charles Lee Ray. That's who he is. I kn- oh, my. Who was he? He's the gas station attendant in the beginning of the movie. That's I thought he looked fucking familiar, mm-hmm. but I was like, nah, just generic man. That's not the one that's going to make you really mad. God damn it. Very famous woman for this podcast is in this movie. Uh, Danielle Harris. Where? Danielle Harris is in this movie. Bob is stupid. I, I, I mean that in the nicest way, Bob. Bob, did you not figure it out? We see a lot of her in this film. She's Tosh. Oh, my <laughs> God. She looks so... Well, she doesn't look that different now that I no. think about it. <laughs> it looks like Danielle Harris. It just looks like Danielle Harris. Damn, I'm stupid. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, we've seen her a lot on this podcast. Yeah? Uh, she's in Halloween 4 and 5 as Jamie Lloyd. Uh, she's uh, in Hatchet. Yep. As... The, I rewatched the Hatchet. main lady in two, three, and uh, four. Yeah, she's also in the Halloween remakes. Yeah, Halloween uh, two thousand seven and two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, she's been actually a good. That might be our most prolific actor. Oh, it definitely is. And let well, no, it's only three, no, four movies. Yeah, she definitely is. And Bob apparently cannot recognize her. No, because she doesn't look that weird. As no, Tosh. I just I I was. <laughs> How did you not realize? Sorry, I just thought about a scene that Tosh is in that I, that I now in context makes me feel weird. <laughs> right? I don't okay. like that. I don't um, like that at all. That aside, we we I think harped on characterization enough. I think the the two things I w- I want to talk about with this film before we kind of move on because again I d- I don't have too much to say. First of all. There's some nice meta moments in this film. <laughs> There's some really funny meta moments in this film. Uh, my favorite is they drive in cars a couple times in this movie. Yeah. And when they start the car, there's music playing. And oh, yeah. the music choices for what's playing in these cars, because it's pop music, and it's it's one of the only times they can get away with using pop music in the score. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's good retrospectively. Because it's like the lyrics that are playing kind of imply what's going to happen in the following scene. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're if you kind of aware of the genre and you recognize that song, and let me tell you, there's some recognizable songs, you go, oh. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the, the first time we hear music, it is so on the nose. It's great. <laughs> I love it. And there's stuff like that throughout. We're just nice little meta, meta things. Yeah, there's tons of really good, like, meta moments and callbacks to stuff from earlier in the film. Where it feels like they had a pretty good, like, story and, like, script written out. It's just that some of the, like, stuff just doesn't land like I wanted it to. Fair is enough. my main problem most of the time. But, I mean, besides the music, big ones that stick out to me is obviously the whole urban legend thing. Oh, there's so many. That is basically the most meta element of this mm-hmm. thing. But the one I do want to mention is the names of almost all the characters, especially their last names, are references to, like, Famous horror stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, uh, the the one that really sticks out is Ch- Michelle. She's oh, the Mancini. character who dies in the the cold open, but she's Michelle Mancini. But yeah, there's a lot of like names that are just horror references. Okay. There is one that's super, 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 super blatant, and we'll talk about that later. But I, I just wanted to mention that. It's kind of good to note that this does fall into the meta kind of zeitgeist. I just had a thought. There was something you kept saying during the movie. What I kept saying? I don't know. Nah, it's whatever. Yeah. With that being said, you know, the meta stuff is because of, like, the time period this movie came out mm-hmm. and, like, what was popular. And I I think that's kind of a nice point to mention that, like, this film is very, very clean, like, as far as graphic violence is concerned. Yeah, that's something I wanted to talk about. The movie's, like, we talked about this during the movie. It's bloody. Yeah. you see blood, but it's mostly just on the floor and stuff. You don't see, like, you see people get killed, but it's framed in such a way that it is not violent. No, there's, like, no gore. Yeah. And I... I think that's so interesting because it really does feel like a teen movie. Mm-hmm. No, it does. You know? Like if it wasn't for some of the language yeah. and some of the scenes, it definitely could have probably slid down with a PG-13. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it was probably given an R rating from a, like a production standpoint of like, we can probably appeal more to teenagers by giving it an R rating and we can't PG-13. Definitely fits the vibe, right? Yeah, for sure. For like teenage slashers. Like I know your only bas- your background right now is, uh, I know what you did last summer, but it has that same vibe, right? Yeah, because it's it's it lacks all of the gore, but has all of the like implied violence that you would want from something where you can't be so overt about it. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we move on to specifically talking about the urban legends in this film? Because I want to talk about those, but they're all going to be spoilers. They all have to be spoilers. Because... I will say, while we don't get to see the murders occur, I actually the kills are all pretty cool. Well, yeah, cause because they're, they're tied to the urban legends, but also there are some of them where they're tied to the urban legends, but they do a cool interpretation interpretation of it that's really really nice and like really fun. Yeah, you good though? Yeah. Hello, everybody. This is Future Bob coming at you to let you know that if you do not want any major spoilers for this film, please skip to 1 hour, 19 minutes, and 5 seconds immediately. Once again, that's 1 hour, 19 minutes, and 5 seconds immediately for no major spoilers. So, I'm going to actually go through. I have a list of every urban legend mentioned in this movie. Okay. By the way. So, I'm, I'm just going to go through it that way. But I just want to mention right here. Well, I think the urban legends are really, really cool. And probably my favorite part of this movie is, like, getting to see them pulled out as, like, elaborate killings. Oh, yeah. It's also kind of a big issue with this film because you're expected to know them. And if you don't know them, it makes certain sequences not as enjoyable. One of the biggest sequences that Bob like Bob had a problem with in this movie, I think part of the reason he didn't like is because he didn't realize it was an urban legend. and He just thought it was kind of an egregious kill. It it's still egregious, even with context. Mm, but I think the lack of context made it worse. Oh, for sure. And I, I do think that's an issue with this film like nowadays, because urban legends really aren't told in the same way they were back in the day. Like most of these things aren't a thing anymore. Instead we have like creepy pastas and stuff like that. Yeah, they're not nearly as prolific. But like these very clear set stories that would have been told in the nineties that everyone was from like familiar with maybe not as familiar nowadays because uh, to be honest i know most of these from my childhood mm-hmm. which you know same early 2000s but i i 
I'm not too sure if like someone born in like the teens would necessarily know all these. Probably not. But I, I do think that would kind of greatly affect your enjoyment of this movie. But anyways, I'm just going to go through and list these uh, and we can talk about them some. So straight off the bat, I'm just going to talk about the, the urban legends that are talked about in the film, but we don't actually get to see carried out okay. by the killer. So just the ones that are referenced. First one, there's a call to Sasha on a radio show that's about a roommate switching the birth control with baby aspirin. <laughs> Apparently that's an urban legend. Didn't know that. Didn't know that one either. There's one about another caller, the Sasha's radio show, which again, I think proves that Sasha should have been the main character. <laughs> um, is about someone asking if they should have their stomach pumped after like performing oral sex. Yeah. Didn't know that was an urban legend either. Didn't know Just that. Just thought one that either. was a bit. Another one on Sasha's radio show. Oh my god! Is about a couple that um, we'll say oh. gets stuck together. I've heard about that. Never happened to me. Heard about it again. They're really using that radio show for a tie. They're using it for a lot of stuff, but we don't get to see that radio show as much as I want. Uh, by the way, I I figured this out during the movie because I was like, how do I know this person? Sasha is also the wife in Sharknado. <laughs> yep. By the way, Professor Wexler mentions the babysitter upstairs. Yep. During his lecture. Classic. Black Christmas, which is the basis for Black Christmas. And I think there's this fun reference where Brenda goes, but that actually happened in my town, which, you know, is a part of the lecture of like Dr. Wexler proving that like all these stories were culturally a thing and Mm -hmm. people believe they actually happened in their town. Yeah. But I would like to point out that it also could be a reference to the fact that in this universe, Black Christmas occurred. Yeah. Because they're in Canada, which is where Black Christmas takes place. No, they're in uh, northeastern U.S. Oh, no, they're in Maine. It was filmed in Canada. Yeah. I lie. The Maine thing. I don't know necessarily if it's in Maine, but the Dean had Maine license plates. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a Stephen King reference because you probably don't know this. Like, so many of Stephen King's stories are said in Maine. Yeah. So, so, so many. I mean, because that's where, what, the town from It takes place. They mention, yeah, they, I mean, what, uh, uh, what is the, what we watch on the podcast? Oh, you mean Dreamcatcher? Dreamcatcher takes that's place also in, Maine. in Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if he needs a state, it's Maine. Yeah. Uh, so, Maine, don't, don't live in Maine. <laughs> Apparently, it's very dangerous and spooky. Um, but the last one is Parker, uh, another character, mentions spider eggs and bubble gum. Yeah, I didn't know that one either. Yeah. That's gross. Point being, it's like, I, we obviously don't recognize all of them. Yeah. So it's interesting to see, like, some of those you don't recognize. So I'm I'm just going to start going through them. And, again, spoilers for kills. Because yeah. basically all these urban legends are kills. Uh, but the first one's the cold open. And I just want to say right now, great cold open. Pretty good cold open. It is, I think, one of the better cold opens we've seen on this podcast. Yeah. No, and it is. It kind of sucks how good it is because it might be my favorite scene in the whole movie no it's it's very good and it happens right at the beginning Mm -hmm. and it's kind of so strong that it sets my expectations a lot higher for this film than they should be yep with that being said this cold open could totally exist as its own like short film because it's really well done it's basically a two-character short film Mm -hmm. with brad dourif and brad dourif just so good good. he is such a likable character mm-hmm. for how little characterization he gets. Yep. But the urban legends, it someone in the backseat, which is about a killer being in the backseat of a car and a person doesn't realize. Yep. And I think that one was pretty popular. They mentioned oh, it a lot in yeah. this movie. I mean, it's, I told Ben this, uh, sometimes when I get in my car, I check the backseat. 
that is actually not one I was familiar with. Really? Yeah. That is one that I heard about all the time. But it is a trope in horror movies, I think, mm-hmm. nowadays. But I think this is a good time to talk about the cold open where, like, it's this g- woman. She pulls up to a gas station. And the song she's listening to, what's the name of it? I don't know. They keep saying turn around. Yeah. Which, the second you hear that song, you should know. There's someone in the backseat. Mm-hmm. But she pulls up to this gas station, and there's a gas attendant who fills up the car. It's Brad Dura. And they do such a good job of writing him as, like, having some traits that someone who's a little bit more shallow could think of as, like, creepy. Like, he has a stutter. And, um, I mean, he's wet and stuff, but he doesn't look put together. Like, stringy, wet hair and Mm -hmm. everything. Because it's raining. And so, the girl who's in the car is getting freaked out by him. She's being mean about it. But she's She's getting freaked out about him. And we can watch him, especially if you're already in on the joke. Not the joke, but, like, what's happening. We can watch him real time figure out there's someone in the backseat. And then try to call her into the place without letting the killer know. Yep. And it's really sad. Because he goes in and locks the door, and she assumes he's going to, like, kill her or something. So she starts freaking out and, like, trying to get away from him and, like, not having a good time. And it, he was just trying to help, man. Yeah. And it's like, because he ends up getting arrested. Yeah. For her murder. Yeah, because they're like, must have been this guy. They definitely let him go, because then there's, yeah. like, a shit ton more killings on this campus. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the, that's the first urban legend. Someone in the backseat with an axe. And um, that's the first time we do see the killer, which is just a person in a ski. It's not even a ski outfit. It's like a... Like a puffy jacket. Like a parka thing. Yeah. With, like, fur on the top of the Most hood. egregious thing in this whole movie is you can't see the person's face Yeah, in this parka. Assumedly, they're wearing, like, a hockey... Not a hockey mask. A, a ski, uh, mask. ski mask. But it's still, like... Hmm. They're definitely wearing a ski mask later in the film when you're supposed to be able to see their face. Well, see their eye. See their eye. But during the rest of the film, it's not... They're not. It's just dark. shadow. It's just dark. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad costume. No, it's just not, like, iconic in any way. Yeah. It's kind of... my Once again, my problem with this film is generic slasher with cool spin. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, for whatever reason in this universe, especially because it feels like it's still warm out, like early fall, literally everyone has this jacket yeah. and is egregiously wearing it. There, it's everywhere. Someone at a pool is wearing this jacket. Mm-hmm. It's Every hanging staff in someone's member. office. Yeah. On campus has one. Yep. It's just so over the top with Even this jacket. the motherfucking janitor has one. Yeah, and it's like, does not look cold enough for this jacket. Because this no. is a straight up, like, winter, winter coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it must be hot. But moving on. Uh, next kind of urban legend. Apparently, they reference, like, this whole one that happened on campus. Oh, yeah. What is it? The Stanley Hall Massacre or something? Yeah. With, like, a university cover-up and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently that's supposed to reference something about a hatchet man, which is, like, a guy who targets, like, campuses and stuff. Oh, huh. okay. Didn't know that one. Which I think has apparently been traced to an actual serial killer. Holy shit. Because, I mean, that's that's the whole thing with urban legends, is they're probably maybe based in some of them. Some of them can be based in reality, yeah. But then a lot of stuff gets changed mm-hmm. as they get told. And that's part of, like, some of the meta jokes is people talking about, like... The fact that, like... Yeah. Uh, in fact, the movie ends with two of the characters discussing the events of the movie. And they're mm-hmm. like, people are going to tell this. 
as an urban legend, but everything's going to be changed. Yeah, to where, like, like, I'm this person, and, the, and you're that person, and blah, 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 long blah. Long story short, the film does end with us getting to see some other students that are, like, at a different school. an exact copy of the students in this movie mm-hmm. telling this urban legend in yep. the same way the students we saw at the beginning of this film were telling other urban legends. All right, uh, next one we see is originally during Dr. Wexler's lecture. So Robert England's lecture on urban legends, which is the Pop Rocks and Soda, mm-hmm. which everyone's heard that one, right? Where yeah. Like if you eat Pop Rocks and Soda, your stomach explodes. But we do actually get to see a kill later on. Yep. That it's not Pop Rocks and Soda. Replicates that in a funny way, in a, in a devastating way. And I, I think that's a really good example of how this film like will take an urban legend and change it mm-hmm. to be a lot more deadly deadly because mm-hmm. like pop rocks and soda isn't real no it's not deadly at all it's you're fine so they use pop rocks and drano yep and it's it's a good kill it's fun i like that one next one uh they do the urban legend with like the two people go out in a car and park mm-hmm. and the boyfriend gets out of the car gets got gets got but then gets hung above the car so his feet hit the roof yep freaks the girl out again they do a nice twist on it where like the person, the rope hanging them is tied to the car. Yep. And they're still alive. So that when the person drives off, it hangs them. Yeah. It's really cool. Fun kill. Fun kill. A big one in this film, though, is the gang headlight thing. Which I didn't get. I hadn't heard that one before. It's supposed to be real, but it's basically if you're driving down the road with your headlights off. you There's a apparently an urban legend about a gang initiation where they'll drive down the, the road with their headlights off. And if you flash your high beams at them to tell them, like, hey. Your headlights are off. They'll chase you down and kill you. Yep. That one gets referenced a couple times. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about why in a little bit. Next one, and this is the one that really, really annoyed Bob. I was mad about this one. Is, I think the name of the, the legend is usually, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Where basically the general idea is someone goes into a room and they... They know someone else is there, mm-hmm. and generally they don't want to like disturb them. Disturb them, so they walk into the room without looking or turning on the lights, and like go to sleep or something, or just go somewhere else. And while they're in the room, that person's being like murdered. Yeah, and so when they walk back into the room later and they turn on the lights, someone's written, "Aren't you glad you didn't turn off the lights?" And like blood on the wall. Long story short, a character gets murdered, and Natalie walks into the room. Without looking, you're turning on the lights, and it really pissed Bob off. And she just goes to bed? Yeah. They're set up for it. I don't think it's as egregious as Bob made it out to be. However, I do think it represents a big issue with a lot of these urban legend kills, and that's that a lot of stuff has to go exactly right yeah. for them to work. Mm-hmm. And so you really do have to dispend your disbelief with the whole premise. So I don't, I don't think that one's any worse than anything else in this movie. I just think it didn't work for Bob because he didn't understand the reference. Yeah, and the reference helps, but also I just – it's so hard for me to suspend my disbelief. I don't know why because we've watched slashers before. Every slasher movie requires that, and this one in particular because so many of these kills require things lining up perfectly for them to work. I mean, even the one that we just mentioned with, like, someone getting – um, hung up above a car requires that person to get out of the car by themselves, get got, get hoisted into the air without the person in the car realizing, and then having that person drive off. 
It's just you need to dispend your disbelief, and it's fine. Just that one in particular. I just there's some. I it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't do anything. It you like do the need. other ones are like cool or interesting, but I'm just like okay, this is I. I my initial thought is this is stupid. That's fair. It is mostly because that one's just like a pretty generic murder. Yeah, it's fair. Next one is someone gets their like ankle slash Achilles tendons sliced mm. by someone under the car. Yeah. That's one that uh, freaked me out for a long time when I was a kid. I hadn't heard that one either. Really? Nope. Uh, that one is pretty graphic, though, because I, I don't know if you know what happens when you get your like Achilles tendons I actually don't. cut. Uh, basically, your muscle, yeah, your calf muscle, mm-hmm. uh, will just shoot up into your leg because the tendon connects it. And, you know, like... Oh, muscles are under like yeah stretch stretch. So when you cut the tendon and your Achilles tendon, the whole like muscle just shoots up because it disconnects. Oh God, that has to hurt so bad. Yeah, and you fall over because like you can't mm-hmm. hold your weight. Fuck that. Next one is there's a party and we're hearing the song "Love Roller Coaster." Someone claims there's an actual like murder scream in it. <laughs> it's an urban legend. Didn't know that. I thought that was just a bit. Apparently, it's an urban legend. Huh. There's a lot of these I don't know, which is kind of interesting to see because it's like, wow, you put in so many more than even I recognize. Yeah, same. And I think definitely knowing those going in would help a lot. Mm-hmm. In a similar vein, a character, I bet you guys can't figure it out, gets murdered while on the radio. <laughs> That's also an urban legend. Yeah. I, I knew that one. They do the old lady dries her dog in the microwave one. Didn't know that was urban legend. Of course it is. They actually say the name of that one in the movie. They thankfully say the name of a lot of these. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. If you couldn't figure out, it's Hootie. Yeah, Hootie gets microwaved. And it's That might be the most gore we see in the entire film. It is. But it's just gore chunks. It's still gross. With some hair. Poor Hootie. Poor Hootie. Hootie Didn't deserve any of life. that. His owner gave him a nose ring and then gave him a shit ton of beer. Yeah, that drug was... That dog was drunk as fuck. And the last one they do is the the whole like kidney thing. Yeah, that one I've stolen. heard. That one's pretty famous. That's... It also referenced a shit ton of movies nowadays. Oh yeah. Okay, that's kind of all the urban legends said, and I just want to say they're all kind of cool. They're all cool, but your ability to recognize them, I think, really does affect your enjoyment. The last thing I want to talk about here, um, before we can kind of leave this spoiler section, assumedly go to our ratings, is the ending of this movie. Right. Basically, I- I'm gonna spoil this whole thing here. Throughout the film, they gave you a couple, like, red herrings, right? Yeah, you're given quite a few. And there's different levels of, like, red herring for, like, okay, like, very obvious, less obvious, and least obvious. And the three big red herrings, they're all dudes, are Dr. Wexler. Yeah. The janitor, Mm -hmm. just because he's creepy. Dr. Wexler's a red herring because, like, he's the urban legends guy. Yeah, so, like, the... Obvious pin is dependent on him because he knows them. And also, he has a traumatic past. He yeah. was involved. That urban legend about the killings on campus yeah. actually happened on this campus. Mm-hmm. And he was, and the, he was the only survivor. But then the third red herring is Paul. That one got Bob. That one got me hard. Because they do a reveal at the end and they're like, it's actually Paul. Because mm-hmm. they find a body. In, in Paul's car. Yeah. And they, they keep that kind of reveal going for a good what, a while. Five, ten minutes. Yeah. At the end of the film. And you're like, damn, it really is Paul. And Bobby got to the point of like, they should have just ended the movie right there. Yep. I know who the killer is. It's a wrap. Oh, it's all wrapped up. <laughs> I'm so confident. I had like 
multiple different outtakes, like couple minutes apart of you going, yeah, this is why I got it. But it's not Paul. And no. I think, to be honest, probably one of the most solid parts of this movie is the actual reveal of the killer. Yeah. Um, because not only do you not necessarily expect it. No. Like, it... you can figure it out because it's one of the few main characters that just happens to not be where any of the murders yeah, are. Yeah, but you, I bought the Paul Bullet so hard that I didn't think about it. But you can buy the Paul Bullet pretty hard because it's it's just obvious enough to be a red herring. Mm-hmm. But also just obvious enough to be an obvious cover-up for a real killer. But the real killer in this is Brenda, who is the best friend of Natalie. And why are you laughing? <laughs> I thought you forgot her name again for a second. You stuttered and I went, is he going to remember? Oh, no. Uh, and remember when I mentioned there's some like egregious names in this movie? Oh, yeah, sure. References? It's Brenda. Her last name is Bates. Like the Bates Motel? <laughs> That's not good. Um, oh god so it's it's just one of those funny jokes of like if you know horror movies if you know you, go, you know oh it's obviously her but i i think it's such a cool reveal because like it's not often you see women slasher killers it's super 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 rare so that's like kind of cool it's pretty rad um it's a it's a very memorable part of this movie but the actress for Brenda does a good job of playing just someone who's completely psychotic. Oh, she's lost her marbles by the end of the film. Because most of the movie, she seems to be one of like the most reasonable, like down the earth characters. Very level headed. And then right at the end, she does this whole switch up with the killer reveal, and it's it's pretty great. Yeah. I also want to mention, and I think it's a fun little tidbit. Uh, Brenda has curly hair, right? Mm-hmm. But for the entire movie, when she's like a normal person, her hair is up and kind of straight. And only at the very end, when she goes crazy, does her hair go crazy as well, mm. where it's like frizzed all the way out. I thought that I was see. a nice little costuming choice. I guess what I'm trying to say is, curly hair is evil. Curly hair. This is movie evil. proves it. Oh well, you have um, curly hair. Get out of my house. <laughs> but yeah, a nice little twist. No, it's good, and I, I appreciate the twist mostly because it's. Well deserved. Like it was set up, and if I had been paying more attention and like not bought the poll thing, I could have called it. Yeah, and um, I think the most interesting part of the twist, though, is the reasoning behind it. Yeah, she has good motivation because it's decent motivation. Now, it does not explain the murder of most of the characters. No, I that was my that was the thing I wanted to talk. Which about. I think is an issue in many slasher films. Where you have a killer who goes on like a rampage for a quote unquote deserved reason, is that they'll usually kill people who are not involved. Now hold on, she does get she does explain why she does the killings on the other people. But uh, does she? Yeah, she goes. You took away the one person that I loved. I'm gonna take away all your friends and fuck with you until you go insane. I mean that's fair, but that's still like fucked up because they they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything, but she was doing it as a revenge. Thing. And also they were her friends as well. Friends. <laughs> Um, you couldn't see. It. I just air quotes there, everybody. Uh, but basically, we learn, and again, this is getting into the fact that Natalie isn't that sympathetic. Uh, Natalie was uh, complicit in a manslaughter. Yeah. Basically, in high school, her and her best friend uh, Michelle, the person who dies in the cold open, uh, were in Natalie's car. Michelle was driving, and they did that headlights urban legend with someone, uh, where they had their headlights off. And then someone flashed their high beams to be like, hey, you're being unsafe. Turn your lights on so you don't crash or crash into someone. And then they proceeded to do a 
full speed U-turn on the highway. Dangerous. Dangerous as all hell. And then chase this guy down at 90 miles an hour, flashing their high beams so he can't see. Yep. He's driving fast because someone's like tailing him. Tailing him. It's like chasing him. He's scared. And they drive him off an overpass. Yeah. And he dies in the crash. And obviously they're... The cops are really, really nice to these two kids and only give them, what, reckless endangerment? Yeah, which is insane to me. Both of them. Natalie is not driving, so maybe I can understand. Yeah. But we're supposed to feel bad for her. Because she even explicitly is like, I just didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. Like, I wasn't like, stop. Yeah, when she totally should have. (laughs) Yeah. Especially because it was her car. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, long story short, the person who dies, they say when... Natalie's telling about her tragic backstory to Brenda with someone their age. And we learn eventually that this guy who died was Brenda's boyfriend in high school. And we hear her mention was probably her fiance as well. And Brenda's whole thing is Natalie and Michelle killed him for an urban legend. Yeah. So that's why her murders are urban legend themed. Mm -hmm. Great reasoning. Because they needed to buy me with some form of reason. They had to, or else it wouldn't have worked. And so the fact that that's the one they go with is it's viable. Okay, can I can I explain uh, why I thought it was Paul to the audience? So I not really quick. I want to say something. Okay, I I do want to mention here though that for like Brenda's reasoning for her murder, I do think Natalie and Michelle should have been reversed because Brenda decided to straight up murder the person driving the car. But mm-hmm. f- torture the one who was sitting in the passenger seat. And it feels like that should be reversed. Like she'd want to torture the one who was more responsible. Yeah. No, that's fair. So I, I do feel but like. But also, maybe she just had less access to Michelle and was like, I could kill her. No, but she could have just Easier be- than I could fuck befriended with her. Michelle, you know? I guess, yeah. I, I just feel like they should have been switched for like story reasons. But I feel like the reasons I feel like the reason they weren't switched is because they wanted to make Natalie more sympathetic. And if they said she killed someone, we would not feel bad. But then again, I didn't feel bad for her already. Yeah. So I'd rather just have more logical reasoning. Anyways, you can explain why you thought it was Paul. No, Although we are just going to hear this in the outtakes because it's all we have. <laughs> True. Well, no, what I was going to say is I they do a very good job at setting up Paul for having motivation to be the murderer. And that's kind of why I bought it. And that's something that's really... This is the reason I would have been He's stuck. a sleazeball reporter. He's a sleazeball reporter. Um, Is that they do such a good job at covering up all of Brenda's nonsense with other people. Like, that's the best part about this film, in my opinion, is the fact that they do a really good job with Paul and Wexler and giving us other people it could be to where... You, at no point did I go, oh, it must be Brenda. No, they they do good with the whodunit elements. It's just not a good whodunit slasher because the characters suck. Yeah, and that's that's the issue. Okay, uh, on that note, do you just want to go to the recommendations and reviews? All right, Bob, go ahead and hit me with your recommendation. If you want a whodunit film, I think it's pretty good for that. The mystery's good. It's a good setup. They do a lot of cool stuff with it. If you're interested in the concept of urban legends being used as a way to murder people, cool. You get to see some cool ones. You get to see some classics. I think they do a cool, fun way of twisting them to be more interesting so they're not as predictable as you expect. I think that's fun. If you want a a movie that is 
a horror movie that's light on gore, not bad for that. The only, like, we mentioned it during the spoiler section, but there's only, like, one really gross, grotesque gore scene. And the rest of it, all the kills are pretty clean. There's not a, there's a bunch, there's blood, but there's not, like, it's not gross. Yeah. So if that's something that you're interested in watching, like, if you're a fan of horror, but you can't really do, like, disgusting movies, this one's pretty clean. It's not so bad. I think that's it. Okay. Um, I only got two for this film. Different from Bob here. But, like, my, my really big two recommendations are, if you like Scream, this is a very heavily inspired Scream movie. Definitely not as good. And I definitely say that I Know What You Did Last Summer is better than this movie. Because, again, the characterization really brings this film down a lot. Because the yeah. concept's cool. Um, but that really does does hit it hard. But, you know, if you like Scream and you like that style of, like, kind of meta teen thriller, this is what that is. Maybe just not as executed well. But then my other recommendation is if you just like the idea of, like, some pre- pretty egregious kills that are inspired by urban legends, it's just right up your alley because that's the coolest part of this film. Yep. And just being being able to go, like, all right, what, what urban legend was that? And just catch them in the moment. A lot of fun. On that note, Hit me with your rating. Okay, so like I said at the start of this uh, post-movie thing, it's a mixed bag. Like, we mentioned it in the spoiler section, there is a couple of things that I just cannot get over because they're fucking insane to me. Like, I just witnessed it and went, I think that's really stupid, and I just can't get over it. But there are some moments that are, there are some high points. Like, I think the use of Urban Legends as a way to get people killed is a great concept. Like, conceptually, awesome. My problem with this film is it doesn't execute all of them to the degree that I want. Like, some of them are lacking in ways that could be more interesting, while others are just like, oh, that was a really good interpretation of that legend. So that was a good way to use that one. Yeah, I mean, we, we... I talked about this very specifically in our spoiler section when I covered all the urban legends in this movie. But some of them are just carried out so much better than the others. Yeah. The cold open is the part I'll say is the best part of this film. Mm-hmm. And, like, could basically stand alone. It's so good. But the fact that it outshines the rest of it, everything else so blatantly, is kind of an issue. Mm-hmm. And it's not the only example of that. There's some urban legends that are just, like, head and shoulders mm-hmm. above the others. And and the, my problem is that it's inconsistent. Like, if they had all been as good as the cold open, this movie could be incredible absolutely great and that's kind of where i'm sitting is like some of them are really good some of them are not so good the characterization we've said this i've been harping on all fucking movie but it it really sucks because a lot of the movie is a mystery of them trying to figure out who is committing these crimes and it's just watching other the characters investigate and because the characters are not interesting it's not fun it makes the movie drag super hard so i'm kind of in a weird spot we also mentioned it a lot of the side characters way more enjoyable than the main cast. Yeah, which is a high, which brings the score up because while they're not on screen a ton, they're still more interesting. They're still there. They're still there, technically. I think while I think this film has some pretty big issues, I think I could safely give it a three. I think it takes the premise of urban legends killing people. It does that. That happens, and it it is. It does do that. It does do that. It is passable and then has some extra other highlight stuff thrown on top to give it a three. I almost gave it a two and a half, but there is some stuff in this film where I'm just like, that was really, really, really good. 
and then there's some stuff where Marley's really bad. Bounces out. Three. Okay. I, I think I'm in a similar boat with Bob where, like, this movie's kind of mad for me, but it's not mad because it's a consistent mediocre. Yeah. But because there's some high points that are really, really good, and then some issues that are, like, blatant. <laughs> and I, I think we covered them really well with Bob describing them. But to be honest, the, the really big one for me is, A, some of the issues with the urban legends were, like, some of the urban legend sequences are really long and good. Some are really long and not so great. Mm-hmm. Some are really short and really good, and some are really short and really bad. Basically, the consistency with urban legend kills are just all over the place. And having some like differences between how good your kills are is expected in a movie like this. Sure, they can't all be bangers. But it's just too inconsistent mm-hmm. with how good they are or how bad they are. And so that's like a real detractor. But my again, my biggest issue is just characterization issues. It's supposed to be kind of like a s- slasher who done it, like a murder mystery kind of thing of like who's our killer, and that's great and all. But for most of the movie, we're following Natalie trying to figure that out, and I just don't care mm-hmm. about anything that's happening to her, and that just makes all the parts of the movie where we're not watching the killer, which even like the worst urban legend kills are still interesting. Yeah, but that's not the movie. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're watching Natalie for maybe 70% of this film, and I just don't care. Like, you can just zone out for sections of it, and that's a that's a real big issue for me. Especially because it's an hour and 49 minutes. Yeah, it's so long. I had a good time watching it, yeah. I will say. It's fun. Um, and, like, the end, the whole, like, back half of this movie is super high octane. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's just the stakes aren't high again because no. I don't care about Natalie. Mm-hmm. And so I think for, to be honest, really most specifically for the issue of just characterization issues, I'm just going to give it a two and a half. Fair enough. It really would otherwise, I think, be a a fairly good film. Decent. Probably yeah. like a three, mm-hmm. maybe three and a half. It would really depend on the performances. But it really is like the how these characters come out that really, I think, affected it. For Great me. concept. Yeah. Mediocre execution. Great concept. And that's what sucks is because if they had... If they had just executed better on some of these, like, kills and some of this these character moments, I could definitely see this movie getting, like, you a could, four. You could get behind it. I could get behind it hardcore. Because the moments where I had a good time, I was like, holy fuck, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. And right off the bat, it was great. Yeah. Fantastic. Good cold open. Good cold open. That by itself would probably be probably be up there. All right. Uh, we're going to go to Bob being super confident. <laughs> so we'll be right back. Yeah, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. I'll be honest. They probably heard me being a fool in the outtakes. (laughs) Um, it was so fun for me because i thought you were gonna figure it out from the fact i was marking you being so cocky no because you normally do that stuff i do do that too but you were just like yeah i knew it i was like how'd you figure it out bob (laughs) (laughs) but i'm gonna say this i'm gonna go back through there's some specific stuff i want to cut that is also funny that's gonna go in the outtakes fair enough 
because I you didn't mark it, and I was like, that's a funny conversation. Oh, you mean our conversation about um at the beginning about Bloody Mary? Yeah. Yeah. That that's good stuff. Like that's good content. So I'm gonna cut that stuff too. But I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Do we have any announcements? Ben. The only announcement I have is I believe I've timed this correctly. Part eleven for Friday the thirteenth is coming out tomorrow. Yeah. That's their second to last one. That's the penultimate episode of that the, series. Yeah, man. Uh Friday twelve <sighs> is coming out on Wednesday. Then we'll be done. Which is the last one currently in that series. And I'm gonna say because I think Bob already knows this, is like essentially a remake. Yeah. So technically tomorrow's the last day of the main Friday timeline. Yeah. So, you know, if you haven't been listening to the Friday the 13th like series we've been doing, maybe now's a good time to listen because it's basically over. Yeah, we've almost fully wrapped it up. It's also crazy kind of, to me. It's kind of exciting for us because like, we'll just be done. Yeah, we've been recording so much extra. Ugh. We have been recording... For how, what, three months straight? Like four days a week? Yeah, it's been so brutal. It's I'm been so brutal. excited to be done. Yeah. Because I, I, I like doing this. Yep. This is a fun hobby. Recording that much hurts. It's just like... With a day job. Oh, my God. Aside from that, though, I don't think we have any announcements. So, you know, usual spiel. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. You're probably listening to us there right now, but that's like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places. That includes YouTube. I know that's kind of weird, but we are on there. To be honest, maybe not the best for podcasts, but it's kind of nice because, like, you can do some interaction with us, like showing us some support with subscriptions or likes. But it's also nice because it's one of the two places you can communicate with us at. You can do that in the comment section of a specific episode if you want to be, like, talking about something specific in that episode. It's kind of a good way to tell us something. Or you can go over to Twitter or X. Stop. At Beware the Board and go yell at Bob. You know, tell him your favorite urban legend. Oh, that would actually, that's a good conversation. I'm actually interested. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter. Not X. Nobody X? calls it fucking X. It X? looks like I send you porn links now. Because all of our Does, all of our they, text messages says X.com. It was for a while. It was still Twitter.com, but you yeah. click on the link and it'd be X. But they finally fixed it so it's x.com x.com which i'm so sorry if someone reads our text messages because that at looks least it's heinous. not like triple x <laughs> no at least it's not triple x but like ben said check us out on twitter at beware the board it's where i post updates about the show information about the show basically if there's anything you want to know about the show it all goes on our twitter on mondays i post a spoiler post for that friday's episode which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can see what the movie is before we release the episode so you can watch it before we do which basically just means that you can watch it, and whenever you listen to the episodes, you don't get any spoilers. When we're being vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. Then, on Fridays, or whenever an episode goes live, I post a link to the episode on our Twitter account with maybe a meme. That, look, dude, that meme for last week's episode is hilarious. In context. It's oh, hilarious. Yeah. Such a funny meme. I had to spoiler warning it. PSA announcement. PSA. Um, I was like, Bob can hang this up in his bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to print that out and hang it up. That's so fucking good. Anyway, basically, if you (laughs) miss an upload or want to know when something went up, there's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing, we do short form content on YouTube and TikTok. I know I haven't put one up in a while. It's because we've been recording four days a week. It hurts. (laughs) I don't have time. I straight up don't have time to scrub old footage for new content for short form stuff. But once we're done, you know, with all this Friday stuff, I'm actually going to have time again. 
So look look forward to new posts on our TikTok app or the board and on YouTube Shorts. If you're into short form content like the show, check those out. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's All right. It. We'll uh, see you guys next time. <laughs>